0: I'm kind of confessing these things, being open enough and vulnerable enough to no longer keep these difficulties to myself. I was feeling the backlash of everything that I had suppressed from my multiple deployments to Afghanistan and Iraq. It was a perfect storm. And there was a lot of things that I had been suppressing through insanely long workout bouts of exercise and alcohol for probably five years at that point. But having an audience, so I didn't have to worry so much about the judgment of it, but I was able to get those things out. And that really got the ball rolling for me. That was the first act actual step at writing in a sense of intending to be consumed by an audience.
1: Is that, much of, a, is that not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post 9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian. And that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 44 features Leo Jenkins, a poet and author whose two most recent books, On Assimilation and A Word Like God, were published by Dead Reckoning Collective. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. Good morning. Leo Jenkins, welcome to Veteran Made. Thanks for joining.
0: Good morning. Thank you for having me on.
1: Of course. Um So... <clears throat> long time coming here. We've been, we've been uh, uh, DMing on Instagram for, for a bit here before um, on assimilation came out. Um, and then, and then again here when a word like God came out. So i w I'd like to kind of talk about both a little bit. I'm still making my way through uh, a word like God for those uh, listening. This is, this will go live in like a month, month and a half or so. Uh, you know, the book was just published uh, a, a couple weeks ago. Um, and uh, it's, Fantastic, uh, pretty heavy and pretty deep. Um, so I'm slowly making my way through it, so as not to um, to ruin the first experience. Um, and um, and then, you know, On Assimilation is one that I read. I read really, really uh, quickly, actually, in just a couple of settings uh, sittings, which I, I loved very much. Um, and so I'd love to I'd love to just kind of unpack your process a little bit and, and dive into the. I love the intro in a word like God, and I think there's a couple of things there that I'd like to pull some threads on, but First, for those that don't know you, would you mind just giving us a, a kind of a quick primer on on who you are um, and and kind
0: of what what you do and what you write and and how you live? Um, well, I, the nature of the show, right? I'm a I'm a veteran. Um, I I served. Uh, I got out. Actually, I started. Here's a little uh, a, a bit that. Um I realized last week was my twentieth anniversary of the day I started basic training. Uh to give mm. you an idea of the era of the, uh, that I was in. Uh I started in two thousand three. I was in I was a medic in Ranger Battalion uh, up until two thousand seven. I got out. I, I was an athlete in a few different sports. Um I took to writing uh it was about ten years ago. Um my first book was "Less We Forget. It was a book about my experiences as a Ranger medic. Um, and I've written about a book a year since, um, I'm also an avid traveler. Um, you know, I think the more experiences that we have, um, obviously for me, the more I have to write about, but, um, you know, travel I find to be, um, you know, it dilutes ignorance. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, I guess I'm an athlete, an author, a veteran, uh, traveler, um, a husband, a father, and a myriad other things.
1: You are a, you're, you're a human, you're a human having, having the, the full experience
0: as much as possible, right? That's exactly it. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, what just, I guess, um, quickly or maybe not quickly, what, what initially got you into writing? Was it something that you did before serving or was it something that you, that you started while you were serving as a, as a way to kind of collect some of those, those thoughts and memories?
0: No, I was going through a tremendously tumultuous time about a decade ago. And I I, I, um, I write about this in On Assimilation. Um, it, my world was more or less in caving upon itself. Uh, the business that I had put everything into uh, was going under. Um, my fiance had left. Um, the IRS hit me with one of those... Um, Big thick yellow envelopes uh, that you never want to get. Um, like I was, I was catching it from every side. I was, I was forty thousand dollars in debt and without a job, um, sleeping on my friend's couch. Um, and uh, I just, there was so much turmoil internally. Um, I just, you know, I was one day. It was, it was right around Thanksgiving. I just started to write, um, try it like all of those you know, uh, apprehensions and fears, emotions that were, um, compressed within me from everything that was going on externally uh, needed to find a way out. And, um, they found their way out through writing. Um, and I started like a, a blog that had this tremendously long name to it that, so that nobody could find it. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you like, but at the same time it, I was still airing these difficulties I was having publicly in a sense, right? It was online. You could find it. It's just, I gave it such a long name and I didn't share it with anyone. So it, it was this like gray ground between it being like a diary or a personal journal and it being, um, you know, um, available for public consumption. Um, and so I, I just, I just was writing in that I was writing poetry and that I was writing, um, terribly (laughs) i I thought everything in there was so good when i first started writing it and i've gone back and looked at it since and i'm like wow um but that was was really the 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 impetus for it is like i was just i was having a terribly rough time with life uh it it was all kind of coming at me at once Um, and that seemed to be uh, this incredible form of catharsis this way for me to um, expel or expunge those internal demons and it I haven't been able to stop since in the last decade. Yeah. I've tried many times to quit writing. Um, <laughs> it seems to me that every time I try to quit writing, um, I sit down and write all the reasons why I don't want to write anymore. <laughs> and yeah I write it down uh, and then I realize that it's futile at this point to stop doing this. It's a part of who I am. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, it's interesting what, what was the what was your your mindset, what was your intention at the time to make it semi, semi public, but still, you know, not, not fully public. Like that, that seems like it was a pretty specific choice because you, you probably had some idea that, you know, maybe if you did it too privately, it wouldn't, you know, quote unquote count or something like that. Like what was the, what was the, what was the thought process for that?
0: You know, I, I think that it was subconscious to be honest with Mm -hmm. you. And I think it's something along the lines of, um, uh, of confession, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, conf- I'm, I'm kind of confessing these things, these difficulties within me, you know, like we can, we can meditate on things and I'm, I'm a, I'm a advocate of that personally, but I think sometimes when we share these experiences with some other being, um, outside of ourselves, it does something to help release them, right? If it's a therapist or a priest or, um, you know, <laughs> your mailman if you're on good enough terms. Uh, <laughs> right. it, it was like this, uh, you know, me being open enough and vulnerable enough to no longer keep these difficulties to myself. Simultaneously, I was at that time feeling the backlash of everything that I had suppressed from, you know, my multiple deployments to Afghanistan and Iraq. So it, it was like a perfect storm. And there was a lot of things that I hadn't, I had, I had been, Uh, suppressing through um, insanely long workout uh, bouts of exercise and alcohol um, for uh, probably five years at that point. Uh, And a lot of it was able to come out. But again, having an audience, even if, you know, you don't know, like there was people who saw that and you could see, you know, I could see that like you know, this has been read, you know, 14 times or something, this post. Or whatever. Mm. So I'm like, I don't know who these people are who are reading it. Somebody in the internet uh, is finding it and, and looking at it. Um, so I didn't have to worry so much about the judgment of it, but I was able to, to, to get those things out. Um, and that really got the ball rolling for me. That was like the first step um, as far as um, uh, like a, a an actual step at, at – um, writing in a sense of um intending to for that writing to be consumed by an audience Um, it was uh now still to this day a very good friend of mine named uh, marty scovlin jr who was working on a project and he needed a chapter more or less uh, about the uh, ranger medic experience and i was like well i can i can do that but it, it was it was having spent six months or a year of writing on my own every single day as a practice, as a meditation um, that I think had built me up to the point where I felt the confidence and the the technical capacity to be able to write out that chapter when that, when the opportunity presented itself. And I gave that to him and I think I got paid like $50. It was the first Mm -hmm. time I ever got paid to to write anything. Um, And then it just kind of kept going from there. Yeah,
1: yeah, Marty, uh, Marty. I think we'll be on this. We'll be on the podcast the same the same month as as you. I just uh, he's is also also a friend of of um of us over here, and uh, just just interviewed him. had a, had a great had a great chat with him too. Um, the it's it so it's interesting. I just heard you talking about you know those those fourteen people right who cracked cracked your title code right and somehow found found your blog on the internet. And and it was a bit anonymous for you at that time and then fast forward all the way through and, and by the way, people should people should should go to Dead Reckoning Collective and and buy on assimilation because you wrote about everything you just talked about very brutally and very beautifully um in in that book. Um and it, it's it, it's hard to read, but but certainly wor- worth reading um to, to get the the you know kind of full context and, and granular details of, of what you were just talking about. I, I it is interesting though to me that you you're talking about how Uh, kind of anonymous it was that it starts and then fast forward all the way to a word like god and you are you're literally writing to us the reader in your introduction as you know sort of like this this set of long lost friends you know like you're talking to us about um about what you're writing and why you're writing and how you're writing and and i'd love to dive into some of the process things that you that you talk about there because i think it'll really help a lot of the listeners who who are writers themselves whether whether they they get published or whether it's just something that that they 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 do to 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 cope and journal, can you talk about like your relationship with your readers from that the beginning where it was a bit anonymous and just something that you were confessing, as you said, to now where it's like you have you have a real relationship with with us, you know, who who, who read your books.
0: Yeah, I, I, if I could like to summarize it, I, like. Um... I don't know if I have so much. I have like readers or fans of my writing. I just I have a lot of friends. Um, I feel like I've a, there's a lot of people who have um, who have lived a similar experience uh, that I have at certain if, even if it's just certain times, right? Like I lived this experience for four or five years, and there's a relationship there that's cultivated, um, even if we weren't doing it in the exact same place in the same time. Um, and I look at you know like. Um, you know, we look social media has, has, I think it's done a lot of good things, but it's also cheapened the, the the nature of human relationships in a lot of ways. And I really like to think that the people who I engage with and who engage with me, like these are people who, even if I've never met them before, I consider them to be my friends. Um, hmm. they're, they're people who, if you, if you understand the things that I've written in, in any degree, um, it's probably because either you've experienced them firsthand or you've had a loved one who's very close to you experience those things. And I, I like, I, I really value that, um, uh, the similarity of our human experience. Um, uh, so if I, if I were to, you know, like if I were to summarize it in a word, it's friendship. Hmm. I love that. Um, yeah, it's it's cool because the, the the particular
1: corner of, of our community here, you know, kind of an- anchored around uh, around Dead reckoning Collective is 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 very cool because it it is you know it's what you just said, right? And like to go, I think we've met maybe once before this. We were on a on a on a one day course together on on Zoom with with Jessica and Keith. Um, I think it was the parenting poetry one um, that we did together, and um, and it's like this this little corner, this little pocket. You know, when you when you read these books, and obviously a couple of them have been hardcover, and On a is is hardcover, and Matt Smythe was hardcover, but the rest are all paperback. And it's kind of like this. You know, I know that as each one of these books comes out, collections come out, whether it's from you or 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 anybody else um, in the collective, it's like this. It is. It feels like I'm reading this book with my friends, even though I don't know everyone intimately who reads these books and who writes these books, but I've had obviously the great privilege to, to interview you, you and others as, as a part of the the kind of publishing process, so to speak, which is, which is, you know, unique because it's not like, it's not huge, you know, it's, it's small and it's intimate, but it's, it's robust and um, but deeply meaningful, if that makes sense.
0: It makes perfect sense. It's, and it it is um, the relationship that, that, i have personally not just with the 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 hub of dead reckoning but uh each one of those particular spokes uh, the other writers that form that wheel uh, is one that i feel like i held out for for Mm. years and years um, and i wouldn't want to be anywhere else um, because of the nature of those relationships it's a it's a really cool and exceptionally unique thing um and uh, like I said, like I've had offers um, on the table from you know very large publishing houses in New York, and and it just it the the friendship relationship wasn't there, um, and I love creating with people who have had a similar experience and who understand what it is that I'm trying to say and who add value to it. Um, each one of the projects that I've done. With dead reckoning, um, is is better, markably, because of their input. Um, Jessica's phenomenal editor, t- uh, Professor Danger, um, uh, <laughs> she she made On Assimilation uh, the, uh, better. Her her experience and everything. I mean, it is it is a um, it is a better work because of her, because of Keith, because of Tyler, um, the work that they put into it. Th- but it's not just the work it's that they understand and they want the work from their writers to shine through. Um, they can add these angles to it, that I think that if you weren't friends, um, wouldn't come through, um, to sidebar here on the cover of, uh, just as an example, the cover of this latest book, a word like God, there was, there was quite a battle, um, that went on about the cover of it. And there was different opinions and things like this. And this work is a little bit different, uh, in in a sense that it kind of, it goes away from, typical subject matter that has been explored um through dead reckoning as a publisher and um it's a little bit more i guess maybe artistic uh in its nature like uh, visually and and these things and and so to me the visual elements of it were quite important and there was uh there was there was a um, a bit of a debate on how the cover should be and how how things should be presented and whatnot. But it was a debate amongst friends who respected each other and who respected each other enough to say, no, like this is, um, this is garbage or, or this this Mm -hmm. needs to look like this or, or back and forth. And it, the, the entire time it made me so happy, right. In this like two or three week long, um, batting back and forth of ideas to, to arrive at where we did that I'm, I'm working with people who, um, care enough, uh, to kind of put their foot down about this and to, um, to go through that process with me. And it feels at that level more like a family than it does like friendships.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's powerful because of the, that kind of engagement, um, that kind of engagement makes, makes work better, makes the work better, but also that has to be built on a foundation of, of, trust and and at that, a very special kind of kind of trust, um, which you know I think if you if you have it and you've experienced it, then then you know it. Um, okay, so I'd like to dive into a couple of craft things if if you're cool with it. I think um, the there there's this really interesting thing that you do in the introduction, um, and i I wonder how intentional it was and and I think it it is really helpful. Um, as a part of this book, but then I, I think it can be really helpful as a part of a discussion too. So you're writing, so you wrote on assimilation, and then you're writing another book, you know, as yet unnamed, at least publicly, and and you got stuck, as you said. And then you did kind of what you talked about earlier in this conversation, which was you started writing to deal with that, right? You wrote a word down. Um c- can you talk a little bit about your process to I don't know if it's like plowing through or, or if it's like, can you just talk about getting unstuck and, and, and how it's like, how you've dealt with it by, it seems like the best way to get unstuck is just to get unstuck, right. To like, to do this thing that everybody talks about, but not everybody does, which is just keep writing. Um, And then that's question number one. And then kind of a, a, addendum to that is, is, Like What's the value in writing something else? If you're stuck writing one thing and then you're like, well, cool, let me just go start writing something else to get unstuck. Can you talk about the relationship between between those two things?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So it's evolved a bit over time. Um, I had actually just had this great conversation with a um, a really good friend of mine named David Rose, who is a writer and we've uh, toured together and uh, slinging poetry or spoken word and whatnot, and um, he was, uh, you know, we kind of lean on each other at times, uh, and he, he messaged me, about, like, man, like, I've, I've just kind of, like, been, I feel like for the last two weeks, I've been fighting through the mud, you know, the, this description that he gives about trying to, like, get through this particular section, and he's a very much a professional writer, right? Um, um, I came from the school of no school really. And it was passion, mm. right? It was like, if I feel emotionally compelled and driven to write, I'm going to sit down and write. And I might write, there's been times where I've written 10,000, 12,000 words in a single sitting. Um, and I mean, for context, that is, you know, for a, a book like, you know, on assimilation, that's 20% of the book in one sitting um, where I'm like very, just everything out. But then I might go two or three weeks without writing at those previous yeah. periods of my, my life because I wasn't feeling compelled. And then, you know, you get a hold of certain books and like on writing by Stephen King and the, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And, you know, there's a couple of others and you hear people in the profession, you know, um, you know, like you got to sit down and, and every day, consistency, consistency, consistency. Um, you know, I think Pressfield said something like you have to put your butt where your heart wants to be, um, something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I'm like, well, if I'm going to be a serious professional writer, I've got to sit down every day. I have to change my process, you know, and, um, (laughs) and from, from this time to this time be sitting in the chair and whether I feel, um, inspired or compelled to do so, or otherwise I will be sitting here in front of my computer or my notebook and I will be writing. Well, that shift of a process right to go from being this like Hunter s Thompson binge writer type who's just just vomiting you know for an entire day 12, 18 straight hours of writing and then you know kind of taking a, a period of time to recharge to go into this like nine to five typewriter um, it, it was uh, it's not a it's not a, always a fluid transition. But I did it. And I yeah. did it on January first of last year. It was like, okay, January first, I'm starting this year. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And so there was a lot of like, uh, okay, like the cursor is just blinking at me, and this is really <laughs> annoying. And I hadn't faced that in however many five, six books or whatever. Um, you know, it had just been whenever I felt compelled, and so. With that cursor blinking at me, I was like, I'm sitting here. I have to do something. So I have my notebook open right next to my computer, and I just would jot down a word, whatever word or a phrase maybe that popped into my head. um, It just would would just be there. And then I'm like, just follow that line. Whatever that line is, just now whatever bounces off of that, whatever ricochets off of that final word, allow it to really just don't block anything. Wherever it's coming from, let it come out. And so anytime that that cursor was just mocking me, um, while I was working on, and there's actually two different, two different novels that I've been crunching away at now since then, um, they're independent of each other. Um, and every single time that blinker was there, that, that cursor was blinking, I, um, I would go to a poem and I ended up with, I don't know, 250, 300 poems, um, pretty quickly. Um, as a result of that it was just like something I was doing because I felt like I professionally as a professional had to be in that chair and committed to it um, but when it when the character in you know in in this novel isn't moving I have to do something uh, and the poetry came and it came like I would say effortlessly um, the, the, the biggest challenge was me getting out of its way uh, and letting mm-hmm. come out what but naturally needed to
1: I think what's super cool about that is so I mean I've I think you know we've we've probably all we've all read on writing. Um you know most people have read The War of Art. I'm a huge uh Pressfield fan, you know, read the most recent one, you know, uh, put your put your butt where your heart wants to be. Um and there's obviously a ton of value in 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 his approach, right? Where he talks about uh you know in turning pro, I think the second one after uh, or third one after with the war of art and do the work, you know, he's like, you know, dentists don't get dentist block, So therefore writers don't get writer's block, right? Like if this is your calling and this is your job, like, you know, you be a professional about it. And there's obviously value in that. And, and you have to be some kind of professional to, <laughs> to crank out the the number of books that you've cranked out. But as you were talking and you were talking about changing your approach and your style, I was kind of following along with the story you were telling. And I'm I'm saying to myself, no, 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 don't change who you are. Like, don't, don't not be you, like what you do works, right? But then you get to the spot where you're like, okay, I'm now a professional and I'm sitting here, you know, at a certain time looking at this blinking cursor, and you found a way to still be yourself through that process. So yes, you sat down, you know, to quote unquote be professional and 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 write this novel, or write these novels, but then you didn't let that sort of um, you know, kind of like f- flexible, whimsical, you know, kind of like journey going person. Uh, leave you completely you you kind of followed it to to another page to to write these poems as of as a part of this new process you kind of blended them together at at least that's what it, it sounded like to me is that accurate at all
0: yeah, it is. And I have not entirely abandoned that whole professional uh, ideology or methodology when it comes to writing. But i have pretty close to abandon it at this point. And um, not only is the work that I'm producing good again, um, it is uh, much more abundant. Uh, it just comes in clusters. I was in Asheville, North Carolina, I think like two weeks ago. Um, and, uh, I have I was kind of stuck again cause I was trying to do the, okay, every morning, all this stuff and, and it just wasn't happening. It wasn't happening for a while. And I had a great conversation after, um, training jujitsu, uh, for about an hour and a half of some Matt talk, um, with the instructor. And it just, I walked out of the, um, I walked out of the gym and it hit me like a lightning bolt. I was like, Oh, and I, I, I immediately like. I said I wrote 15 pages without looking up. I went to the, the mm. closest coffee shop right next to the gym, and it just—it was that flood again. Um, and I couldn't hope to reproduce the quality of that work had I been sitting down specifically at nine o'clock in the morning to do that. It had to come when it came, and I had to be—I had to respect it enough to allow it to come out. When it wanted to, yeah, you had to be open to it, right? Like you had to be open to that—that, that, huh? yeah, inspiration, I guess. But I do think there is validity to you know when you sit down and you work every day, right? It's a, it's a consistent practice. It's like weightlifting or anything else that when you do it on a regular basis, then you are prepared once the inspiration hits to do something with it. It's the same thing with, you know, I was, I was doing that blog for, I, I, I don't, it's like six months to a year when the opportunity presented itself for me to write something. Now had that opportunity presented itself, um, and I hadn't done any of that consistent meditative, um, work getting the reps in as it, as it is, um, then what I, I wouldn't have been able to rise to the level of that occasion. Right. And so it's through sitting down and sometimes not writing so well every single day, getting the reps in. Right. Like you go to the gym, whether you're feeling good or not. Right. And it's usually on the days when you're not feeling good that you get the most out of it. Um, Those are the those are the sessions that prepare you for when the inspiration strikes or if you're putting this in the parlance of a, you know, a sports analogy when it's competition time um, that you are prepared, uh, for that. So there is a balance and you're absolutely right. And finding the middle ground of it, of like, of, of looking at it, like getting those particular reps in and, and being, um, uh, in the mindset of writing and being in the practice and the meditation of it allows you to be able to, to rise to the occasion when it comes. (laughs) No doubt. I think
1: there's, you know, a lot of creative people, you know, writers or filmmakers or even, you know, entrepreneurs who are who are looking to start a business or, or start a venture nonprofit or something like that. I think there, there tends to be this like hyper focus on finding, uh, you know, finding and adapting to the perfect routine, finding and adapting to. The perfect process, finding and adapting to, you know, the the one, two, or three things that have been proven to work, you know, over the course of history. And in, in reality, it sounds like what you probably need to do is just is find the one that works for you and find the one more importantly, that you're going to actually execute on. And I think people tend to get stuck because they judge themselves for not having the perfect process or not having the right process or not you know, having found it doing it the Pressfield way or the King way or the, you know, the whatever way, when in reality, they need to, they need to just do the work that is right in front of them, the way that they need to do it and be themselves and not judge themselves for, um, for not doing it the same way that somebody else does it, but you still need to do it. 100%.
0: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And the the, the reality is the world doesn't need another Stephen King. We have one. He's great. You know, we don't need another Pressfield we need whoever you are as an individual and the, i've i've said this for a long time but the result is the process so whatever whatever your end game is it's derived from whatever you went through to get there and now king has his process his result is the result find your own process to find your own unique voice your own your own unique result yeah, that's right.
1: So I th- I think um, – so what's what, – so you're writing – I think you've written a novel before or, or is it like, – I think there was a novella. I haven't to, – to be fair, I haven't read it, but I think there was one that Dead Reckoning had published that you were a co-author on maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I rookie you up. Yeah. lucky joke. yes yeah that's I actually
0: right. I, I talked about uh david rose earlier it was actually david's idea uh that he came to me with that and it was it was probably the most fun i've ever had writing anything um i think he, uh, he called it a literary hand grenade right because it's like it's mm. very small it's a very very short thing but it packs a bit of a wallop especially if you're coming out of the Gwat um, you know if you're um it, there's a there's a lot of nostalgia in there uh, super fun little quick read i mean you can Definitely do it in an afternoon.
1: Awesome, yeah. It's it's uh it, it's it is certainly on my list. But okay, so you have a so, but you've written so you've written poetry, you've written um you know me- memoir essay, um you obviously started blogging. You've kind of like written across the uh across the genre, but across the the media so to speak uh, of of different writing. Do you have a do you have a favorite uh, style? What's it has it been like for you to write across these different media and try to figure out, um, you know, kind of who you are as a writer and, and who you, and what you want to say, like, what, 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 what value do you find saying what you want to say through, through fiction versus through poetry and then like experimental poetry, you know, kind of in this, award like God and, and then through like your, your, your memoir and, and essay writing, like what, what is the, what's the balance? What's the integration? You know, how, how do you, how do you like kind of traversing across and back
0: and forth? I had a it's a great question. Um I kind of I had a goal uh, that I set for myself a few years ago to publish a book in as many different genres as I can. Um so like uh, I have a kind of a, these long-term goals that I set for myself and you know sometimes I get off path uh, from them as we all do but um fiction it's it's easy to write bad fiction. It's difficult to write good fiction, um, and it's it's even more difficult uh, to try to put yourself into the realm of literature. And if I'm going to do anything, I want to do it as well as I can. And so what I would, you know, as far as a goal is concerned, um, I would like to contribute something to literature, um, just a, even if it's just a fraction of, a, a, of an inch moving it. in in one direction. Um, and so that's where the challenge lies. Um, I feel like I could have after, um, after my third memoir, like, uh, first train out of Denver, I feel like I kind of had the formula, uh, figured out by that point. Mm -hmm. where i could have continued on and like there's so much more travel after first train out of denver right like that book was about me selling everything that i owned minus a backpack moving first to central america and then going down to south america and competing in the crossfit games regionals and then uh, taking a challenge from you know our mutual friend marty scovlin jr to see how far we could get with nothing but a hundred dollars and a backpack in three weeks Mm -hmm. and we traveled from denver colorado to eastern europe on a hundred bucks in three weeks um, and it was a quite an adventure. He went back home and I just continued to travel around the world. And I wrote about that in that book. Um, but then that book ends and the trip definitely continued on. I bought a van in Alaska and I ended up driving it down to Mexico where, uh, in a little fishing village at a dive bar. Um, I met a, a wonderful woman and we ended up traveling together, uh, through, Eight more countries uh, in the van and living uh, that way for a year and a half, and then more and more and more adventures. But none of that, I haven't really written about any of it. Um, I could have continued to take that human experience and write about it because um, there was plenty of exciting things that happened along that trip. For sure. The trip that happened after that, um, you know, we sold that van and then bought a camper uh, in the back of a, a pickup truck. And we, we drove from Mexico up to British Columbia and we hit, I think like 14 different ski resorts along the way and camping out and, and, um, and all of this and, then circled back around. And there's like been a lot of like life, but I like, for me, that character, I kind of got tired of him. you know, I wrote three books about myself and I got <laughs> tired of myself and I didn't want to do that anymore. And so I started to kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to fictionalize these things. I started to write fiction at that point and I would go back and read it. I, I wrote a book called Zizek's Road that nobody will ever read, by the way. It's uh, in a folder or something. <laughs> uh, I went back and read it and I was like, this is garbage. This is hot garbage. I can't <laughs> let anybody see this. Uh, and I've, I I think I've written two or three others, two others since then, that I'm like, they're a little better, but I don't want anybody to read this stuff. Um, and so it's a long it's a long process to be able to to create characters who the reader cares about who aren't actually real, right? To make them real in the reader's mind. It's I think it's a little bit easier of a task um, when it's an actual person and there's actual events that are that are happening, um, and then the world building on top of it. So um, for me, like um, writing memoirs is, is fun because it's fast um it's difficult and challenging because you have to you, you your your imagination is confined in a, in a sense um you know if somebody says something that's what they said you're quoting them you know if this is the place this is the place this is what it looks like now you can be creative in the way you describe the place or the person and all that stuff and that's i think where a really good memoir um happens but um you know for me fiction has been a bit more of a challenge um, and so I'm gravitating to it a little bit more. Uh, I, I want the thing that isn't um, easy. Um, I, uh, you know. Like I'm, so I'm, I'm working on <laughs> writing something a little bit better than bad fiction right now. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's my goal. Um, so, and then after that, I'd love to write children's books. Um, uh, I think that that's really where an immense amount of power is. I think once we've gotten to a point where we're reading literature uh in our life our most of our uh, beliefs are pretty set and you might be able hmm. to to help to influence someone just a little bit here and there um with a really good book uh, a really good story but uh, but i read i read a lot to my daughter who's 5 uh and you know we read you know, a roll doll book a week. Um, We've read C.S. Lewis together, you know, obviously the Chronicles of Narnia, um, mm-hmm. these types of books. And I'm like, the power that is in these stories when delivered to somebody who is young, who's, their, their mind isn't made up about the way the world is yet. Um, mm-hmm. And they can be like, oh, that's interesting you know, they can be influenced in that way. I think there's there's, there's, there's so much power in that genre, in, in children's books yeah. and young adult. Um, and it's something I haven't even really, other than something that I'd like to do in the future, um, like looked at too deeply. But I mean, I, I don't think that I have a favorite other than what is challenging. It's If it's something that's new and it's, uh, it's something that I don't have the formula for and I have to really work at it, um, that's my favorite thing um uh, whatever that yeah. is. And that's going to change over time. Um, I, I, would hope, I, I, I hope I get to the point where I understand fiction well enough to where I've written at least a few novels and they're good enough for people to read them. And, um, and then I can feel satiated about that and then move on to a new challenge.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I can relate on a couple of levels. I think it's a great framework. When I was coming out of film school, you know, now now for my my day job, I I produce you know advertising content, right? Like I, I produce for for marketing, and so it's it's more um you know com- commercial storytelling, still storytelling. Um, but coming out of film school, my goal was to, uh, you know, a- as a means to make it in the industry, was to to make short films, to write and direct and produce short films. Coming out of school, and I remember coming out of film school and saying to myself. I want to do a short film in a different genre, you know, in each genre along the way and try not to repeat them until I've gone through the exercise of, of really understanding um, at least to the best of my current ability, how to execute on that, that genre. You know, I think the first one I chose was, was comedy, right. And so then moved on from comedy to, to thriller and then, um, you know, kind of on, on and on and, and, I've made my way over the course of the last 10 or so years through, through, um, you know, all the major genres, except for sci-fi, which obviously is kind of ex- expensive to, to, to make a short film. Right. Uh, sci-fi to kind of depending, depending on the the level of imagination that, that you want to put into it. Um, so I think it's a really good framework because it, it, it gives you the opportunity to explore storytelling in ways that will, even if you don't find yourself, you know, living in one of those genres or operating in one of those genres long-term, at least you had the exposure, at least you've got the experience, at least you have sort of a, a plot on a graph or an anchor point that you can then kind of build this gravitational pull around yourself as a storyteller to figure out like who you are as a storyteller and, and, and kind of where you want to take whatever story it is that you're telling in that moment. I just love hearing you talk about, you know, the, the writing bad fiction to hopefully write pretty good fiction, to hopefully write good fiction, to maybe one day write great fiction like that that journey is an important one and and one that like you risk failure right like you you have to risk that you might not reach that end goal but what you said earlier is right which is the result is the process and so going through that process with you know humility but also confidence to 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 put words on the page and and give it you know your best effort i think is kind of that right that that correct combination of of, of things that, that can, you know, kind of move you forward as a
0: creative person. You, you can't see me, but I'm nodding along in agreement. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And, and to add to that even is that it, it it's enriched my experience when it comes to, uh, not just reading, but, but, um, consuming stories, movies. Right. Um, and I'm sure like after you've, uh, you know, completed each one of those different, um, those shorts and those genres that then you go and you watch films done by the masters in those genres and you see the pieces of it more. And it enriches that experience. You, 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 you're, it's, it's like a deeper understanding of what they had to go through in order to accomplish what they accomplished. Um, and so it becomes, those stories become more meaningful.
1: Yep. That's, that's, that's exactly right. Um, okay. So I want to be respectful of your time because I know you gotta, you gotta get back on the road here shortly. Um, so to, to wrap things up, I, I have one kind of question that I've been asking everybody, uh, to, to end each of these podcasts, but b- before I get to that one, is there anything in particular you want to say about, uh, a word like God? Um, obviously we'll put links in the show notes to dead reckoning and to, to all uh, uh, your pages and your website and the opportunity to, to buy these books, but anything in particular about this most recent, um, published work that, that you want to highlight? Um,
0: I think it presents itself as something, um, Potentially, right? Like for me, the, the, um, like I write it and then you decide what it is, <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. Um, you, de- you decide if it's, if it's a value or if it's any good. But I, I do understand that it, it feels like a leap, right? Um, if people have been kind of following along with what I've been writing, the trajectory of it, that this might seem like a, a divergence. Uh, from that, like it's pretty far outside of that and um, with the subject matter and um, even the form. uh, I I did two previous collections of poetry uh, independently and then uh, was a creator and editor of a couple of uh, other anthologies that was done with Dead Reckoning Collective. Um, So it's not that people are are going, oh, poetry is uh, a weird different thing for me, Um, but the subject matter itself, we're definitely stepping away from war uh, with this. Um, and so it, it might not seem terribly approachable um, but but if I was to encapsulate to it in a sentence it's you know it's a, it's a journey of belief right why we believe what we believe and why um, so it's it's it's, an, it's a it's a particular exploration and it it might not seem like it's for um, you know people like I don't want to read a poetry book to begin with let alone one about God um, but there I hope that, Um, people find something in it who do who are brave enough to maybe pick up and read something that they wouldn't have otherwise that there's something of that of of value in there Um, I believe that there is um, but again it's not up to me to decide that it's up to the reader to decide it Um, and I think that for the people who have picked it up I say thank you um, it it takes a degree of bravery to invest yourself into a book that you're unsure of because they are time consuming and they, um, they have a way of getting in you differently than, you know, a Netflix series or, or something else that you're passively engaged in. It's active. You have to participate with it. So, um, that's kind of my spiel about this book. I understand it's it's a it's a little bit uh, it might feel off track, but it's actually very much pointing um, to where things are going. Um, there's some subtle and not so subtle hints as to what is coming next um, in this book. And if you're curious about that and what the novels are going to feel like, um, this is a this is the best stepping stone that I could create um, for for my friends, the people who read. Um, my, my writing
1: awesome super well said I'm, I'm about a third of the way through it and that sounds accurate you know what you're describing and, and having kind of flipped through and especially looking at the artwork you know throughout the rest of, of the of the collection I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm very excited uh, to finish and um and uh, I'm definitely excited to, to see to see what comes next uh so thank you um okay la- last question I've been finishing up the podcast Uh, Is there, is there anything on your mind or on your heart um, in particular for our community um, right now um, that, that you want to share, whether it's a piece of advice, you know, maybe for other, other veteran writers uh, or or creatives or, or just anything um, that that you want to share that you feel like is, is important um, to to you in this moment, kind of on your heart and on your mind for, for our community.
0: Oh man, I'll steal a quote from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Well, that um, they, they said it better than I ever could. Be excellent to each other. Um, that's that's a that's that's the message. I think if I could if I could echo anything out, um, we have this opportunity um, for grace and understanding. And sometimes it's difficult, uh, but if we can be excellent to each other, to be good to each other, um, that I th- I believe could resolve a good many of um, our internal and external issues. Um, as individuals and as a community um, just to, you know, I guess that's empathy, uh, but, but be good to each other. There's no need to be savage. You know, we, we've done that. We checked that box. We got that T-shirt. Um, I think that there's definitely room in our growth, our advancement to be uh, kind uh, and generous and graceful with one another. That doesn't make us any less Tough, it doesn't make us any less capable um, to be kind, to be loving, to be compassionate and excellent to each other.
1: Well said. Heck of a way to wrap it up, uh, Leo Jenkins. Thank you so much uh, for for your time and and your presence uh, here, and and for the for the work and the books uh, and the collections and all the words. Um, been uh, been fun to get to know you. Been fun to. Uh, to read and then to follow along uh, via via that dreaded social media, but it, it is a, a great connector um, uh, of people when it when it can be. So thank you and um, look forward to what's next. Look forward to continuing the conversation and, and doing this again sometime.
0: Thank you, Kerry, for all you do. Very much appreciate
1: it. All right, appreciate you, brother. We'll chat soon.